Episode 99. Oh, we're so close to 100. I know. Hey, you know what? I really enjoyed doing 100 episodes with you. I did too. And, uh, you know, we've gone through some crazy changes. Yeah. With the podcast. And it's only taken us like two or three years to get here. But (laughs) that's fine. Yeah. And we got to watch a lot of great movies along the way. And you know what? I'm kind of excited that we're talking about this movie mm-hmm. for episode 99. Yeah. Not for any particular reason. Just. It was a great one. It was a crazy movie. Welcome to Bad Movie Date Night, the podcast in which we take a serious look at bad films and genre films and hopefully give them a little bit more credit than they deserve. I am Nigel from a journey into film.com and with me is my wicked wife, Caitlin. Hello. But not like in an evil wicked, just like... Like a sick wicked. Yeah, like cool, radical, (laughs) sort of. People still say that, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what the young kids are saying these days. Can you say my slapping wife? My slapping wife? Isn't that a phrase? (laughs) I was going for an alliteration. Ah. This week, we are talking about the 1988... Oh, I wanted to guess the year. Too late. Oh. Movie Flesh Eater. 88. Directed by S. William Hinsman. I could see 88. Yeah, I mean, this is a very 80s oh, yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 for sure. But also very low budget. No, the reason I paused for a second... So I was reading the uh, the description on IMDb, and I love these people who write the IMDb <laughs> summaries. A group of college students on an overnight hayride come across a group of man-eating zombies. They must fight for their lives while trying to escape and warn the authorities. Like, I feel like we've reached a point in society where the man-eating part of it is just <laughs> kind of implied right. with zombies. Right, right. They wanted to make sure everyone knew what they were getting into. Yeah. So that's a wild cover of this I know. film. I know. I like you, you know, I I like when directors have like a little bit of narcissism <laughs> where like this guy said this is my one claim to fame. I'm going to ride that bull all the way. <laughs> For context, John William Hinsman is most famous for being the first zombie in Night of the Living Dead. He's the one that shows up and kills Barbara's brother. I think, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. John? John, Yeah, because she keeps going, Johnny! Yeah. (laughs) He's the one that shows up in the cemetery and kills Johnny. Uh, this is one of two directorial jobs that he had. 
the first one was a movie called The Majorettes, which was about a group of high school majorettes that are being killed. Go figure. By zombies? No, just... Oh. By just a, regular murder. Just regular <laughs> murder. Oh, okay. Yeah. The funny thing is, he also plays the main zombie in this movie. So he said, you know what? I think there's more here to this zombie. <laughs> Let's explore this for a little bit. That's amazing. And how many times can I shove my fist through a topless lady? Countless. Countless times. I honestly lost track of the deaths in this movie. So There are so many deaths. Now, if you're looking for, if you've ever watched Night of the Living Dead and you said, man, this is a great movie, but I don't like all this political nonsense. Get this, get this government things out of here and get, get, uh, uh, get this racism stuff out of here. And, uh, just give me nonstop zombie killing action for about an hour and a half. Flesh Eater is for you. <laughs> yeah. This is true. It's you want no no uh, story to get in, in the way of your plot? Yeah. No plot to get in the way of your story? Yeah, you nailed that. Oh, man. <laughs> you had it right the first time. Dang it. He. It's almost like he said, what if the zombies were the main characters? And you just kind of watched zombies kill everyone for an hour and a half. Like, there are no main characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. You, it just keeps introducing people for them to be killed by zombies one by one. Pretty much. Pretty much. I. That's why I was so shocked when people started dying so quickly. I was like, they're going to run out of people to kill. Boy, was I wrong. I mean, at least the one couple lasted until the end. Right. But... Everybody died in this movie. Everyone died. Just like Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. So Spoiler. Spoiler. Uh, this movie ends the exact same way as Night of the Living Dead. Do you think it was a ripoff? Do I think it was a ripoff? <laughs> no. And here's why. Because everybody involved with Night of the Living Dead... There were, let me back up for a second. There were a lot of people involved with Night of the Living Dead who had never worked with movies or cameras or any sort of art form in that way. And I think it makes sense for this guy to say, you know what, I really enjoyed making Night of the Living Dead. I'm going to make a zombie movie. And then whether consciously or not, just do the exact same thing that Night of the Living Dead did, but slightly different. So it wasn't like an intentional ripoff, but if you watch both movies, you'll definitely see the same themes. Right. They're more or less... I mean, without the government stuff. Yeah, they're basically the same movie, except a bigger emphasis on gore and zombies. Mm. But the the last like what 20 minute 15 minutes are the exact same right without uh, a black guy it's right. just a young couple in love which <laughs> is it, it it doesn't have the same impact no because they hid in a barn the whole time right 
It was sad, though. I mean, yeah, it's sad in its own way, but <laughs> it's it's not like you just watch this guy fight for his yeah, life for right. the past hour and 20 minutes and, oh, they got him. Right, yeah, for sure. And then they don't stew in it with the photographs like they did in Night of the Living oh, Dead, too. They just wanted to rub that into your face. Yes. Still bitter about that movie. Yeah. So, what did you like about this movie? This movie, I think you summed it up very nicely, just saying if you just want to watch a whole bunch of people get murdered by zombies, this movie's for you. Yeah. I thought the... It was a lot of fun watching everyone. I wouldn't say the acting was good, but it was a lot of fun watching them act. Yeah, I have a note here written about how the couple having sex kind of plays out like a sexual harassment video. Yes, it does. Where he's like, I don't, I just, I don't want to. And she's like, come on, (laughs) be a man. Get all up in there. Okay. Like, are you trying to give him a, a job or something? Like, oh, if you, if you have sex with me, I'll. (laughs) <laughs> give you the job of being my boyfriend. <laughs> right. Yeah. The the group of friends, their dynamic was very interesting. I mean, it's not like it mattered because they didn't stay in the film long enough to really like do anything. But I just thought the relationship with the friends was so interesting because I, I wasn't even sure. I wrote down at the very beginning, like, are these kids even friends? Like, do they even like each other? You could have thought that they were all on the hayride separately. Right. Like a bunch of different couples on the hayride, but they weren't. Yeah. It just seemed like no one liked each other. I'm not even sure the couples really liked each other. They liked Except drinking for maybe, together. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only thing they had in common. They were just a, a group of... Uh, I mean, I think it almost would have worked, I, I don't know, better, not re- the right word, but it could have worked just as easy and made more sense why the one guy pulled a shotgun out on his friend if it was just yeah, a group of wild. people. You know what's interesting about this movie and Night of the Living Dead, which, by the way, it's hard to talk about this movie without talking about Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, you should really watch Night of the Living Dead first and then watch Flesh Eater. I would hope that people listening to this podcast have seen it already. Okay, well, some of us just it saw t- it, it took recently. a while. <laughs> it took a, we got to it eventually. <laughs> so other people might be taking longer. Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, you know, there's so many movies in the world. You got to catch up. And I realize that sounds really sarcastic, but that was not. No, like, there's, no, so, there's many so many movies. movies. Uh. It, yeah, I al- the it's weird to think about this movie being anything other than it is because on the one hand, yes, it's a great uh just straight zombie flick. Like mm-hmm. if you're looking for gore and watching some stupid teenage like really stupid teenagers just get smashed mm-hmm. and eaten and turned into zombies, like it's all for you. But it would have been interesting had they kept kind of the stranger dynamic to the kids 
like Night of the Living Dead had. Yeah. Because they, I feel like they may have lasted longer. Maybe. I mean, we would have needed more time in the movie for them to... Right, to get a dynamic going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to, like, once they held up in the farmhouse, just like Night of the Living Dead... Right. They started fighting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the point I was going to make is it's hilarious to me, intentional or not, that these farmhouses just have guns lying around. You know. They're like, oh, here's a gun on a shelf. Oh, look, here are the casings right next to it. You don't keep right your gun out in our shed? No. Well, no. I mean, like, they, they were still in their farm, like, the farmhouse when they found the gun. But That's it was what I'm just saying. Like, you, don't keep, you don't keep uh, guns out in their shed? No. <laughs> With don't bullets? Just, don't just leave it on the, the shelf in the closet. Well... I think you're or missing like out. The, or like in Night of the Living Dead, like uh, Ben found the the gun like in the closet. like In the coat closet. <laughs> yeah, tucked behind like hey, the ironing board or whatever was in there. I'm not going to lie, though. If I was a single woman living in a house, I think I would have a gun in the coat closet right by the front door. So I, every time I go to answer the front door, I'd get my pistol out. I just have this... In, like this vision of you living alone and your house is decked out like some kind of secret agent <laughs> layer where like you hit a button and all these like doors flip open and like you have an ar- a mini arsenal you along know? every wall. I can't share my secrets. You might be able to break in. Because I would do that. Yeah, would do that. Haven't done that yet <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> like to know where you're getting the money for that. Yeah. That's got to be so expensive. All right. I'll just stick with my pistol in the coat closet then. Or like a men in black thing where there's like a hidden room behind the family's TV set. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But like from the outside of the house, you can't tell. Well, yeah. It's like a TARDIS (laughs) situation. Right. Right. It's in a pocket dimension. (laughs) This took a weird turn. Um, the thing that I th- the the one thing that I do particularly enjoy about this movie in particular is that yes, you have the stupid kid. Like the great thing is, you don't have to become emotionally invested in any one character you want to see live. Well, you don't have time to, even if you wanted to. You don't have time to. But if you're like, man, I really hate teenagers. I just want to watch some teenagers die. You know, first first group to die. And then you're like, man, I really I hate... I also hate children. I really <laughs> hate children and stay-at-home moms and dads who work nine to five in an office. And babysitters. And live in babysitters. <laughs> well, good news. <laughs> That's death number two. The one thing is, if you hate snobby 911 operators this is not the movie for no. you because uh she was fine she lived she clearly filmed all of her lines within a 30 minute period which was fantastic because you can see the clock change as the movie progresses i, I should have like kept track how long was that it was i don't remember exactly but i want to say it was like between 11:30 and 11 
or 11 and 11.36. Okay. was like the time change That's on the amazing. clock. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Now, thankfully, they probably filmed her lines in order. But right. there is something incredibly concerning about a 911 operator who waits 30 minutes to tell a police car to go check on something. Right. And the clock is very prominent. So I was like paying attention to it because like it's. You can't not pay attention right. to the clock. It's not like I was looking for like, I mean, it is right. It is bold. It is bright. It is right next to her head. And I was like, um, okay. Why I I was actually confused. I was like, how much time was supposed to have passed? Right. I think it was supposed to be like a couple of minutes oh, tops. I didn't get that. I definitely thought she like finished that whole magazine she was reading. Maybe she did. I don't know. She did not seem in any urgency because no. as she needs to remind you, it's Halloween. And there are crazy kids out there who pull pranks. Especially kids who pull pranks at uh, at weird farms and hayrides. Yeah, apparently that's very common. Yeah. We should talk about how the zombie came to be in this movie. That was another thing that I thought was uh, pretty interesting is I thought that, uh, I you know, I think Night of the Living Dead is, you know, just let's just keep comparing. Uh, I thought Night of the Living Dead was great in that it's, implied to be a spaceship type thing or you know some kind of space related thing so definitely plays into the like 1950s sci-fi thing that they were just coming off of in the 60s yeah but this whether intentional or not was great because i thought that it harkened back to the voodoo aspects of zombies because they dug up his grave. Well, they dug up his grave, but there was like a little warning on mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the casket, and then in and it was in some kind of wax, so some kind of like s- clearly some kind of magical. I'm air quoting right now, magical seal right. that was keeping him from coming back. Right. What now? Why the people who put him in this casket put a magical seal on him instead of? cutting his head off or shooting him in the brain. I don't know. (laughs) But if they had done that, we wouldn't have this movie. This is true. So I, yeah, I really want to know why they decided, well, we better just make this grave very obvious that uh, it's magical so they can't dig it up. Yeah. And look what you got yourself into. Right. Zombies. This is, this is true. Just got, zombies all up everywhere (laughs) so i thought that was pretty neat i can always appreciate movies that approach zombies in different ways uh i'm kind of tired of the oh no it's a new medical virus thing Mm -hmm. like in uh world war z and 28 days later and i'm assuming the walking dead because why not yeah you would be correct I, I'm correct. Yeah. Did you watch far enough into uh, Walking Dead to know like what caused it? I think they tell you in the first episode. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. Because he's 
In the hospital. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, I don't know. I'm no expert on The Walking Dead, but I've seen a couple episodes. Yeah, you've seen uh, a couple <laughs> episodes, a couple seasons. A couple seasons. Yeah. You remember when you would watch that when I would have to work late? Yeah. It's a good show, okay? Until they just kept going. Just. I think it's down. ending, finally. Or did it end? I think, I, I think it ended. Okay. I mean, I know the comic ended. They just... They're just like, yeah, we're done. Yeah, this is the last. The issue. comic <laughs> knew. It but I mean, the comic went for like two hundred and some odd issues. Wow. So good for them, I guess, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it was a lot better. Anyway, I can appreciate unique takes on zombieism, mm-hmm. and uh, even though by today's standards they are soups racist. I kind of want to go back and watch some of the old 40s and 50s zombie movies just to kind of check those out. Yeah, Where definitely. it was all rooted in voodoo. Maybe we'll have to do some of those for our next 100 episodes. Yeah. Uh, oh, another group of people that you can hate that this movie will kill for you is... Uh, Domestically abusive husbands and their wives. And uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah. And then there's like the college kid party. My all time favorite scene, though, has to be when it's the shot of the domestic abuse house and they're in the kitchen and the whole floor is covered in like. Um, Oh, yeah, the whole house has, like, plastic covering yeah. the floor because you know that there's going to be some kind of... Kill sp- scene like, is coming yeah, up. Yeah, some kind of special effect, and they had to protect the floors. Yes. Yeah, they're not hiding that. that very well. No. That was amazing. Uh, I don't even know if they tried, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, and the, like, I, I, I don't think we can emphasize this enough. Like, the... The gore and the kills in this were very impressive. Yeah, like the the pitchfork kill scene. Yeah, the zombie kills a kid with a pitchfork, and that was pretty good. He shoves his hand through a girl's chest and Mm. rips her heart out, which is the cover of the Vinegar Syndrome release, in case you wondered. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. There's, um, I mean... The kill scene with the little girl dressed up. Yeah, the the little fairy girl. Got to have yeah. a little girl if you're doing a Night of the Living Dead ripoff. The kills happen so fast in this movie, I couldn't even keep track of them, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the 911 operator said, could be a crank, but he did sound serious. <laughs> oh, and the other thing is, this movie did something interesting. Well... I, it, unintentionally hilarious there were so and I'm going to sound like you did when we did your Meg episode the Meg episode there were so many people wearing hats in this but they were very specific like I almost wonder if they're if they were advertising advertising things their businesses with yeah. the hats so definitely I, so like in my notes I wrote down hat advertising <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> like, is that a thing that people do? Because there were so many people wearing 
in in like okay yeah like oh I've seen a hat with a logo on it before like no these were hats with like the logo the name of the business like phone numbers it almost seemed like they had these hats specially made for this production to advertise to people at home whether yeah. you knew to go to that business or not but at the same time I still feel like it was so like that's what you would see in a town like this. You would see guys wearing those trucker hats. Probably like they won that hat at like a state fair right. or, you know, Joe's muffler shop was giving him away with the first hundred <laughs> mufflers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so this movie was also filmed Advertising. in. Advertising. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> this movie was also filmed in Pennsylvania, like the first one. So that's kind of neat. Yeah. And the title is a reference to the original title of Night of the Living Dead, which was Night of the Flesh Eaters. And fun fact about that, the reason that Night of the Living Dead is in the public domain is because when they edited the title from Flesh Night of the Flesh Eaters to Night of the Living Dead, they accidentally cut the copyright information out of that frame and the movie was in the public domain from day one. That's so funny. Yeah. That's wild. And thanks to that and a variety of other crazy things, Night of the Living Dead has the, has so many uh, sequels and remakes to it that it's hard to keep track of all of them. <laughs> it, now, I mean, I almost look at this as a weird unofficial sequel to Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Because not only is it the same actor playing the same zo- playing the zombie as he did in Night of the Living Dead, he's wearing the same outfit. So he basically looks exactly the same. Right. And you could almost think about both movies just being either an alternate take on the same events, or you could look at them as his zombie somehow got put back in his grave and came back 20-some years later. That's how I like to look at it. Yeah. Now, I mean, like like the Night of the Living Dead, like it's a, you know, it's a sci-fi thing, but and this is a magic thing, so ignore that. But how many how many sequels in the horror genre are really that consistent? Yeah. I kind of want to talk about these zombies. I want to know, like, why they were so smart. That, you know, I th- that's one of those things that I thought was really interesting watching this and Night of the Living Dead. We have this image of zombies around especially from like Night of the Living Dead being slow moving right brainless ro- uh I don't know if robotic is necessarily the right word they're 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 kind of in like I want to call it robot mode cuz they're just kind of like it's like a vacuum vacuum cleaner kind of like trapped in a corner they're just kind of like w- bouncing into things yeah Trying to get places. We think about the idea of the fast zombie not really occurring until the. I forget which came first, Dawn of the Dead, the remake, or 28 Days. I want to say it was 28 Days Later. 
So we think about fast zombies happening there. But these zombies show a lot of intelligence and they show they are pretty capable of moving quickly. So it's at what point did we all decide that zombies just kind of lumber around and go right. And like these zombies like that through things too. They cut the power lines. Yeah. They cut the power lines. So like they had to have some brain functioning. Right. Well, it's established in Dawn of the Dead, the sequel to Night of the Living... Well, one of the sequels to Night of the Living Dead, that the zombies are just repeating... Their normal day-to-day. Yeah, they're like normal day-to-day patterns and stuff. So it seems like they're still capable of some kind of thought and everything. But... And even when you see the zombies attack people in Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead or any of the those other sequels, it's when they do when they do the attacking, like that's when they move quickly. But apart from that, like yes, they lumber around and just they're almost like dormant. Mm-hmm. So I guess people think about the dormant zombie more than they think about attacking zombie. I guess so. Do you have a favorite type of zombie? Um, I know you're going to make fun of me, but I actually kind of like The Walking Dead's take on zombies. You're going to have to explain because I never got into that show. I think they did have the similar, they kind of like go to their day-to-day, like, they just repeat their day-to-day life patterns. But, like, they also changed as the brain, um, like, digressed. They kind of just became... Or, like, deteriorated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right, because I remember seeing, like, some of the zombies still looked pretty human, but then others looked like skeletons with skin. Yeah. So then those ones would kind of just be more like the wanderers. Mm -hmm. But they all kind of just hunted for blood. Like they could like, and so like they could hear too. So they would go towards sound. So if you like shot a gun off. Yeah, that's, I feel like that's uh, some night of N-O-T-L-D-L. What am I saying? 101. Yeah. (laughs) Night of the Living Dead 101. Uh, Yeah. So I, I liked... I like those concepts about zombies. I kind of like, I kind of like the idea of zombie progression. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like the Return of the Living Dead zombies, where they are still capable of talking and stuff, because that is just hilarious. No, that's ridiculous. Send more cops. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's too much. <laughs> Yeah. What I uh, I lost my question. We talked about how this almost feels in many ways like an unofficial sequel slash pseudo remake of Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to take a second to point out that this movie is one of those crazy movies that has a thousand different sequels that are very much unrelated to each other. So you have Romero's Living Dead series, which they always have the fun of the dead 
following them. Mm-hmm. So they do uh, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, uh, Survival of the Dead. But his co-writer, which is a, this is a weird thing, John Russo retained anything the rights to anything that used the term living dead in it so that's why we have return of the living dead Mm. which is kind of a sequel to night of the living dead and then there are sequels based on that there are five of those apparently okay but then if you want to get crazy because who doesn't love italian unofficial sequels dawn of the dead was technically called zombie in italy which then had a sequel called Zombie 2, Zombie 3, Zombie 4, and some other movies like Zombie 5 and uh, Anthropophagus were also included as unofficial zombie movies. Okay. So that is wild and then there are also several remakes of night of the living dead dawn of the dead and day of the dead where does world war z fall into this that is not related in any way shape or form but what kind of zombies does it take over or take a part of they're they're the fast moving zombies Mm. now for world war z i think they took more inspiration from uh like hive insects so like ants which is why they crawl all over each other and they almost look like a giant wave kind of whenever you see ants on the sidewalk attacking an ice cream cone or something huh that's interesting yeah i liked i i thought that was an interesting take on it yeah and uh you know what i'll defend world war z to uh, the day i die i thought it was a good movie yeah the last little bit at the Who building. Yeah. Eh. Eh. But the rest of it, great movie. End of the movie, too happy. <laughs> rest of the movie, great. Did This is another movie where I'm going to ask you if you were able to pull any dating advice from. Well, I don't have... <laughs> too much of dating advice, but I do have an interesting question I thought of. Okay, shoot. Where did the zombie fear come from? What do you mean? Um, so obviously horror movies are kind of like a projection of what's going on in society and a fear that we have. So where did this zombie fear come from? Like what's like are are there old books written about zombies and someone just made a movie about it? Like who who came up with this whole zombie thing? Well, it goes back to what we were talking about in the uh what was that House of the Dead, the last zombie movie that we talked about. Zombies like they're they're all based in voodoo. And so that's you had all of these soldiers in World War II and other wars stationed in areas where they practice voodoo. Plus you had people from Haiti migrating to Louisiana and bringing their customs with them and kind of introducing this idea of voodoo and hoodoo and the the mythology of the zombie. 
And so then Hollywood, being Hollywood, say, hey, that's a creepy thing. Let's write a story about being turned into a zombie. Uh, which there were like uh, little pulp novels and little short horror stories that were uh, written about zombies. So they that's where Hollywood based a lot of their stuff on. So then, but the, those zombies were more of like people being put under a spell and being hypnotized and stuff and like slaves, like, oh, you're a zombie, like, go do my bidding, which you see in The Serpent and the Rainbow, which is a great Wes Craven zombie movie if you've never seen it, listeners. And then you have Night of the Living Dead, which said, you know what? What if they eat people? Okay. And turns them into cannibals. Was that like a fear? Eating of people? No, but you... So, like, during the 50s and the late 60s, you have this idea, like, the there's a lot of fear of atomics. Mm-hmm. And so that's why a lot of the cheesy horror movies at the time are, oh, it's a giant spider that became mm. big because of atomic bombs like oh no mm-hmm. or uh uh the thing from another world which i think was an atomic monster and then like i think zombies have kind of become a more adaptable fear than anything else the one caveat to that being that Romero kind of used his zombies as like political messages against the time. So it's not Mm -hmm. even like, yeah, they're meant to be scary, but they also represented different things. So uh, like the Night of the Living Dead, you kind of have a bit of that fear of the other and fear of the counterculture. And in Dawn of the Dead, it's the movies about consumerism and, Reaganomics and how that's all terrible and that's kind of interesting though that you would use your zombies for that yeah because well the other thing too is I think Romero does a really good job of showing that people can be terrible while all of this horrible stuff is still happening like being attacked by zombies Hinsman on the other hand in Flesh Eater just says oh no zombies scary they're gonna kill you Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can do to stop them. Right. Which arguably, Flesh Eater has scarier zombies than Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. And Dawn of the Dead, for that matter. Right. So, then, interesting take. Uh, you have uh, 28 Days Later, which is fear of diseases and fear of outbreaks and everything. Mm-hmm. And Snyder's remake of dawn of the dead is i really want to hesitate to say fear of the other again but he also uses the zombies as a sort of political message in the same way that that romero did where romero was talking about consumerism in his dawn of the dead Snyder was his because his was a post 9-11 movie his was more about attempts at uh, 
finding normalcy in the midst of the craziness that's going on outside. Mm -hmm. And that's all I'm going to say about Snyder because he's so controversial and we probably just angered 12 people. Oh no, people can't handle it. Um, I would love to study horror movies and what fears they kind of had and why they were made based on the time frame in which well, they were made. It's been a while since we watched it, but there is that really great documentary Nightmare in Red, White, and Blue mm-hmm. where they talk about how different eras of horror movies reflect societal fears. But I want to watch like the B movies. You want to watch all the B movies? Yeah, during that time and kind of see if their fears also echo that. Of like what was the mainstream stuff? Yeah. Well, you also have to take into consideration that horror as a genre... Well, I mean, even today, it, horror doesn't have any sort of uh, respect or notoriety. So when they talk about the horror movies of, let's just say, 40s and 50s reflecting societal fears, like the stuff that they're talking about isn't going to be the mainstream stuff. Right. So, like, it is the B-movies that are showing the societal fears. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Because nobody cared about... Right, right, because horror... Yeah, that's true. Because horror is a a lesser genre to other things. Even though it's not. No, certainly not. I'm not going to get on my soapbox for that one. (laughs) Just interesting to to look at over time the fears that society had. Yeah. And while Flesh Eater was not reflecting anything, Flesh Eater is first and foremost a popcorn horror flick. Like, this is the movie that you sit down to watch whenever you just want some gore with no political or... No subtext at all. But I don't think that this movie is setting out to do anything other than be that type of movie. Mm -hmm. Because it barely establishes characters. It, like, you meet the zombie in the first, like, three minutes. And from then till the end, it's just zombies killing people until you got the militias going around. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, we need, like... This is the Marvel movie of, hol- of horror <laughs> movies. Just grab your popcorn, sit down, watch some zombies kill some people. Yeah, and see some boobs and blood. That's all you need. Zombies, blood, boobs, three, popcorn. Two of uh, Joe Bob Briggs, three bees. That's right. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. But it also that. has beasts, so beasts. Blood, That's true. Boobs. This got the th- this is the trifecta of uh, of Joe Bob's drive-in movie. So and uh, go check it out. There, you, I see what you did there. <laughs> I have nothing else worthwhile to say about this movie. <laughs> would you uh, Would you recommend this movie? Oh, for sure. Yeah. This is a great movie. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But this is. I was pleasantly surprised. I went oh, yeah. in expecting I had a lot of fun. like a slog of a zombie movie. But no, the effects are good. 
The only thing that's just a little weird is it's always the old man zombie played by Hensman that is always attacking the naked females. And that was just, mm. that was a choice. And uh, I, I got a little uncomfortable with that the longer the movie went on. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. I want somebody to watch this movie and attract uh, the deaths for me because I couldn't keep up with it. <laughs> there's, okay, so let's see. There are 10 friends. So there's 10. There's. No, I wanted the order. So this is how I, I started with the order. I said, second tractor guy that we're introduced to. First oh, tractor that's de- guy. That's pretty descriptive. <laughs> no, I know who I'm talking about. First tractor guy, the sexed up couple, coat girl, and then I just lost it and said everyone because. I, they, they kept killing too quickly. I wasn't sure who was dying, and because f- I want like the order of who died first, first to last. Then you had the no. You can't even you can't lump the ten friends together. Okay, after the after the ten friends, it went no. I can't, no. It went little girl, mom, brother, babysitter, dad, cop. Uh, guy's wife, guy, and then all of the college kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can put four people in order. <laughs> the, honestly, the, at the by the time we got to the college kids, I was like, okay, I guess there are more people. <laughs> My kid's more got a deaths. chicken outfit in, and that girl's a cheerleader. Now she's topless. And now she's got a fist through her chest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. This is a wonderful movie. Highly recommend it. Uh, Caitlin, do you have any other thoughts or opinions? Definitely check this movie out. You'll have a barrel of laughs and fun. This is a a barrel of laughs. (laughs) Thank you for listening. As always, we're going to encourage you to hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're one of those weird iHeartRadio or Pandora people, hit that like. (laughs) Hit that subscribe. Because we never want you to miss an episode. And we're on Instagram and Twitter, at Journey into Film. Head over there. Tell us what we're doing for our 100th episode because we don't know yet. And we want you to tell us. Tell us what we're doing. Specifically, the poll is on Twitter. Go find it. I'm not doing this two-poll stuff. Just go to Twitter. Tell us what we're doing. And if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash film, or head over to TeePublic and check out some sweet merch. Links to those are available in the show notes. And as always, never let anyone tell you a film you enjoy is bad because they're probably wrong. Go tell us what your favorite zombie movie is on our Instagram. Yeah, or do that. Tell us.